How many of you like to race? Starting from a pretty young age, I'm sure you can remember your desire to win a foot race. In fact, you might have even reached out and held your competitor back if they inched ahead of you. How many of you find yourself beating your perceived competitors off the line at a traffic light? My personal favorite is passing someone in the double drive through lane at McDonald's or at the border crossing. We love to race. We're going to explore some Bible verses that direct our attention as to how we are supposed to go through this race called life. Let's look at Hebrews chapter 12, starting at verse 1. Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let's race. I know that that's not exactly what it says, but I really admire the seniors that we have in our midst. Did you know that we have 138 individuals who are over the age of 80 and call Central Heights their home? I also am really thankful for our kiddos too. Did you know that we have 347 of them who are 10 and under? We are surrounded by others. Isn't that encouraging? We are not racing alone. A few years ago, I competed in a mountain bike race in Squamish called the Test of Metal. It's 64 kilometers of some of the most challenging cross-country mountain biking in BC with hundreds of competitors. And though I was racing for myself, I was always encouraged to see other people. Yeah, they were mostly passing me, but occasionally I passed someone, and we had this sense that we were in something significant together. And after five and a half hours, I was able to finish. Now look around you in your life. Let's race together. Back to Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1. There are some other key ingredients here. Let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. Lay aside every weight? What are some of the things that are holding us down? We all have them. You are not alone in it. In fact, one in three Canadians say they are struggling with their mental health. Since the struggle is so real amongst so many, how should we respond to this? Now let's think about it. When we replace things like anxiety, fear, and depression with hope, we have laid aside every weight. Replacing the little and big things that bug you with hope, we are doing something in our mindset and laying aside every weight. You notice that Hebrews didn't say some of the weight or the weight that is easy. It says every weight. Now I used to struggle with anger and every once in a while it would come out in a physical way. Obviously I'm a pretty big guy and if I was pushed I could really hurt someone. I was a bully in elementary school and right up to college. If, any, if someone pushed me too far, I would get angry and hurt them. Hope in Jesus replaced the weight of anger that I, that I held onto. Hope is not a weight. Add hope to your life and it will go a long way to replacing some of the weight that you're running with. We've all seen what athletes wear when they get to the starting line. They don't show up with heavy clothes, backpacks, or garbage in their pockets. Why do we? How about we all just put our spiritual jerseys on that have big letters across the front that say hope? That was the first part of verse one. I don't even have time to get into too deep into the sin which easily is entangling us. It's like that piece of tape that keeps sticking to you or that staticky sock that won't let go. It's so easy to get caught up in sin. So what should we do? Keep reading. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2. Looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, 
who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured from sinners such hostility against himself, so that you may not grow weary or faint-hearted. In the race we are all in, when things are going great, flying along, or when things are hard, stuck in the mud, what are we supposed to do? Look to Jesus. Are you weighed down, clinging to sin, not sure where to turn? Have you tried simply to look to Jesus in faith? Well, why not? I like to do things on my own. It's actually pretty hard for me to ask for help. My gifting is carrying things. I know that's not in the Bible, but maybe it should be. In fact, I used to work at McDonald's, and for 20 years, I would unload a delivery truck that came every five days and averaged 200 boxes. And every once in a while, I would do the delivery by myself because I didn't ask for help. Why do I find myself forgetting that when life is challenging, that when I get stuck carrying every weight, that I don't ask for help? Am I the only one? Let's remind each other to look to Jesus. Why is that so hard sometimes? What is getting in the way of looking to Jesus? Allow me to, allow me to suggest something that has crept into our society and is affecting our desire to look to Jesus and even our ability, ability to do so. In keeping with our Let's Race theme, let's look at 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verses 24 and 25. Do you not know that in a race all the runners run, but only one receives the prize? So run that you may obtain it. Every athlete exercises self-control in all things, they do it to receive a, a, a perishable wreath, but in, we an imperishable. Now let me begin by making it clear what Paul is talking about and what is he calling imperishable. He's calling it eternal life. There is a heaven and there is a hell. These are the ultimate rewards and consequences for our decisions. In Romans chapter 6 it says, For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. We struggle with the free gift. Can it really be that easy just to accept the free gift that God is offering us? You know the answer is yes. Maybe we struggle with this because we overcomplicate things, justify our poor decisions, think our way is the best way, have all the answers, never admit that we are wrong, have special information that only we know, Think of ourselves as better than others, become prejudiced against others, and become self-righteous. In fact, we are in a society of self-righteousness. Think about it. I am right, and you can't tell me otherwise, because that is my right to be this way. It is my truth. We hear that all the time. I believe that self-righteousness is one of the biggest weights that we are clinging to. Before asking about the race in 1 Corinthians chapter 9, Paul asked 18 questions establishing his identity and could have easily turned this into a self-righteous rant. Let me read them. Am I not free? Am I not an apostle? Have I not seen Jesus our Lord? Are not my workmanship in the Lord? Do we not have the right to eat and drink? Do we not have the right to take a believing wife? Or is it only Barnabas and I who have no right to refrain from working for a living? Who serves as a soldier in his own expense? Who plants a vineyard without eating of his fruit? Or who lends, tends a flock without getting some of the milk? Do I say these things on human authority? Does not the law say the same? 
Is it for the oxen that God is concerned? Does he not certainly speak to our sake? If we have our own spiritual things among you, is it not much, too much if we reap material things from you? If others share this rightful claim on you, do we even more? Do you not know that those who are employed in the temple service get their food from the temple and those who serve at the altar share in the sacrificial offerings? What then is my reward? Wow, that's a long list of things that, that Paul could have easily clung on to. I, like the, I love the last question he asked. What is my reward? What a great question. Kids, have you ever asked mom and dad if I clean up my toys, what will I get? We are rarely happy if, if all we get is a clean room. Adults, that applies to us too. Now getting back to the point of chapter 9, I read all those questions to establish this point. Paul could have ranted and gone on about who he was in Christ. But chapter 9, verse 18 says this, Present the gospel free of charge. Don't allow your self-righteousness to get in the way of preaching the gospel. I used to have hair. <laughs> you might be laughing at that right now. Uh, when I was in Bible college, I drove into town to get my hair cut. And just like any, any barber would do, they started to ask me questions. Question like, questions like, where are you from? What do you like to do? And where do you go to school? Trying to act cool and not give away that I went to a Bible college, I froze. I didn't know what to say. It was like I was embarrassed to tell the truth. I was putting myself before the opportunity to tell the barber about Jesus. I don't even remember how the rest of the conversation went. All I know is that I went back to my dorm room and confessed to my dorm mates what had happened and prayed to God for forgiveness. One of my dorm mates told me they did the same thing. I realized then that we are all in this race together and that we need each other to focus our attention on Jesus, to not be ashamed of the gospel and not allow my self-righteousness to cling to me and weigh me down. Don't allow self-righteousness to weigh you down. So where do we go from here? A few chapters later in Hebrews chapter 12, it says this, Therefore, lift your drooping hands and strengthen your weak knees and make straight, your, straight paths for your feet so that what is lame may not be put out of joint, but rather be healed. Strive for peace with everyone, and for the holiness without which no one will see the Lord. See to it that no one fails to obtain the grace of God, that no root of bitterness springs up and causes trouble, and by it, it may become defiled. I see in these verses a picture of someone who has, has been on life's journey and may be a little tired, weak, and need some help. Maybe that is you today. So here are some things that we all need to add to our training. Strive for peace with everyone. Is that self-explanatory? Why is it so hard sometimes? Because we are all running with a bunch of weights and sin. Our self-righteousness is getting in the way of peace. The second thing is strive for holiness. What does that mean? Simply put, Believe in Jesus, because only he can make you holy. The third one, don't get in the way and push. Don't get in the way and push. I loved to play football in high school, offensive lineman, and boy did I love to block for my teammates by pushing the other team backward. Imagine with me that the entire church was pushing in the same direction so that no one fails to obtain the grace of God. Don't be bitter. 
Does everyone always get in your way? Does everything always get in your way? Do you find roadblocks in your life? It's so easy to become bitter when things don't happen the way you want. If you want to be successful, remove bitterness and criticism from your lifestyle. They are just unnecessary weights. And don't hold your fellow competitors back, but encourage them to run in such a way as to win, so that we can all say at the end of the race, I have fought the good fight, I have finished the race, I have kept the faith. Henceforth there is laid up for me, in the, for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day. And not only to me, but also to all who have loved his appearing. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, thank you for this privilege we have to hear from your word. And Lord, I pray for all of us that we would remember these things that we've heard and apply them to our lives. That we would all run this race in such a way as to receive the crown. And Lord, we just thank you for, the, for your word and encouragement. We thank you that you're with us and that we are not alone. In Jesus' name, amen.